0: Good afternoon, this is Dr. Dan Guerra, and this is Authentic Biochemistry Podcast. Today is the 29th of July, 2023, and this is going to be, I promise, the very last episode in immunoepigenetics. This will be number 100, lecture number 100, B. So we did A yesterday, we're finishing it today. So as I said, only 100 lectures and Never mind that there was an A and B portion because it's really sort of irrelevant, right? We're finishing this lecture arc. and So let's kind of uh, pick up where we uh, left off last time. We we're talking about ILCs, and they develop from common lymphoid progenitors. Those are called CLPs. Remember that the lineage commitment into these ILCs these are innate lymphoid cells, recall, that they are regulated by a sequential expression of an ensemble of transcription factors. We've mentioned them before, and I'm repeating myself Unless yesterday's lecture because I'm gonna make a point about cancer here uh, in this lecture. But some of the transcription factors include INFIL-3 and the TOX and ID-2 transcription factors, okay? So ILCs can be segregated into distinct classes according to the effector cytokine secretion and the expression of the transcription factors. I just told you a few of them. So ILC1s include the natural killer cells, and they're characterized by the secretion of interferon gamma and the expression of TBET, which is the canonical transcription factor for this type of innate lymphoid cell the nk okay those are ilc1s ilc2s just to give you a, a differential express the transcription factor gata3 and very similar to th2 generate cytokines such as il4 5 and 13 i mentioned this to you last time we're going to get back into this innate lymphoid cell discussion in a cancer paper but i want to give you a synopsis of what is generally understood about epigenetic modification at the level of vdj recombination remember vdj recombination is how t cell receptor and immunoglobulins are generated this is going to be the major armamentarium for the antigen um, induction of T and B lymphocytes. Therefore, the main function and many of the main mechanisms surrounding the acquired immune response has to do with VDJ, molecular recombination. So let's talk about this in light of epigenetic regulation. So, VDJ recombination, we mentioned several times in these lectures, very tight regulation. With each of the VDJ rearrangements, you create a heterodimeric antigen receptor, and that occurs in a very precise sequence of events. In addition to that, the same RAG recombinase, remember that's the enzyme that's involved here, rearranges both. T cell receptors and Ig uh, gene domains. And so there is a very strict specificity here. Earliest indications that a locus or a part of it was accessible was the observation that transcription of unrearranged gene segments occurred prior to the rearrangement of the genes. Indeed, antisense transcription was occurring just prior to the gene rearrangement within specifically the large VH gene locus. So the regions of the antigen receptor loci that are accessible for recombination display various histone post-translational modifications. Hello, epigenetics. What are those modifications? Ones you are well familiar with. Acetylation and methylation to start with. And when you get acetylation and methylation, that's characteristic of active VH gene locus rearrangement, which again are canonical and necessary. So they're apodictic as it relates to the logic of T and B lymphocytes. Some detail. The acetylation of histones 3 and 4 were the first modifications that were first discovered. This was about, oh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And one of the histone modifications, that is methylation of lysine 4 on histone 3, so it should be H3K4 trimethylated. We've heard of this before has a tremendous effect on the ordering of the VDJ final rearrangement for T cell receptor and IGs. So RAG2 obviously is central component of the RAG1,2 VDJ recombinase will mediate antigen receptor gene assembly. And it contains, if you'll recall, we mentioned this 20 lectures ago, a PhD finger protein. Remember what PHD stands for, plant homeodomain finger. And that finger specifically recognizes, wait for it, okay, pause over, histone 3 trimethylated at lysine 4. So the RAG2 specifically requires that epigenetic signature, H3K4 trimethylated. So RAG2 has its pH domain. Remember what it that is. Give you some more detail about it. It's a non-core region. Rag2 binds specifically to H3K4M3 throughout the genome. And that specific histone modification is found almost exclusively on the J genes, the join region, okay, and on closely linked D genes at all the receptor loci. However, it's not present on the variable genes, even when the variable locus is freely accessible. So that's not how the variable locus accessibility is recognized by the recombinase. So the histone methyl transferase that adds the modification travels along with, we've heard of this before, RNA polymerase II complex. So that's obviously a good argument to codify that the role of germline transcription prominent over this entire recombination event has to be including that histone authorship. By having that epigenetic authorship on the J gene, the adjoining the region, the RAG1,2-heterodimer preferentially can be recruited to that rss region remember and that rss region for j genes is what we're talking about that results in an ordered then an ordered rearrangement of d to j before v to dj now remember that these rss's flank all gene segments of the antigen receptor loci. In fact, they are used to designate them by the RAGs. So each RSS is composed of a well-ordered heptamer and anonomer with a less well-conserved spacer between those two elements, right? Those are recombination sites, right? That's how this whole thing is put together. So the binding of this non-core region of RAG2, to H3K4 trimethylated acts as the trigger to increase the overall VDJ recombination activity. That is in core to the entire event of T and B cell acquired immune response. I don't know anything that is because without that VDJ recombination, you would get no specified acquired immune response because this has to do with all the heterogeneity you find in the t-cell receptors and in all the immune globules. okay so rag one i'll give you more detail here also has a ring finger besides the phd thing, finger on rag two rag one is a ring finger it's present on the n terminal region of course that's going to have an e3 ubiquitin ligase activity as it, ring fingers do and that non-core region of rag1 preferentially mm-hmm. recognizes and interacts with monoubiquitinylated histone 3 so it's another epigenetic marker this would be monoubiquitination of h3 so summarize rag1 rag2 not only catalyze VDJ recombination, they also play an important role in the regulation of the accessibility by interacting with chromatin with domains outside the catalytic domain, such as the non-core region of RAG2 is essential for cell cycle regulation and VDJ recombination. And ultimately the degradation of RAG2 as cells enter the S phase, synthesis phase, of, uh, D, of, of the cell cycle. So the, it basically, it's critical for preventing RAG, that remember that recombinates, mediated DNA break, which would lead to translocations right at the onset of the S phase of the cell cycle. So these RAG proteins are just amazing. I've talked about them many times. And actually, I wrote a, um, well, a, a um, review article. And with the review article, I also put together a um, grant proposal. Review article was published. The grant proposal ended up not being accepted. Tisk tisk. So let's go back to the innate lymphoid cells because I have to hurry up here because i got to finish. Remember the innate lymphoid cells, ILCs. They're family of lymphocytes that don't have a diversified antigen recognition receptor. So that whole thing we're just telling you about the Ig and TCR, not in ILCs. Now, although ID2 expression is critical for ILC lineage, ID2 deletion in, remember that other transcription factor, E2, a deletion E2A heb, leads to thymic ILC development as well as E2A have ultimate deficiency with a transient ID2 expression that gets induced to generate aberrant ILC development in the adult thymus. Now see this? We we're talking about T and B cells. Now we're talking about ILC uh, uh, cells, okay? That is innate lymphoid cells. And I'm showing you that ID2 is involved here. Why am I talking about that again? Because we're going to do some more epigenetics in a moment. Okay. So there's a super enhancer region that we're going to talk about. Super enhancer regions are histone modifications, histone modifications. Okay. So here we go. Paper published in Molecular Cancer just, what, five months ago, April, let's say, not even five months ago, four months ago of this year. Talks about extra nodal natural killer T cell lymphomas. So, those have a a nickname or an acronym, I should say, NKTL. That's natural killer T cell lymphomas. But natural killer is a form of an ILC. What kind? ILC class one. Now, that particular lymphoma is an aggressive non Hodgkin's lymphoma, has a very, very poor outcome and so anything we can do to understand more about the disease etiology would be really necessary because right now nktl is almost always lethal and there's a very rapid progression to uh, high mortality in that lymphoma so in this paper in molecular cancer they were using nano Chromatin immunoprecipitation sequencing of an active enhancer region. Here's the active enhancer region found in the NKTL. It is histone 3 lysine 27 acetylation. And they use that to profile all of the unique super enhancer regions that act to drive oncogenes for this malignancy, okay? So they integrated that with an RNA-Seq, and they also, of course, were looking at survival data uh, downstream from these molecular events. They used a small hairpin RNA knockdown, as well as a crispr d 9 luciferase reporter assay linked to that chip PCR overall to investigate the regulation of transcription factors that are involved in the super enhancer of oncogene expression in the NKTL. What do they find? The super enhancer landscape, remember that's going to have that particular H3-lysine-27 acetylation, was substantially different in the NKTL samples and compared with normal Here they were looking at tonsil cells, cells from tonsil. So the several SE super enhancer regions at key transcription factor genes included those genes that were responsible for the transcription of TOX, TOX, Tbet, Runx, and ID2. Remember that is that um, helix loop helix transcription factor does not have a basic domain. So it inhibits all the E enhancer element regions, right? Remember that? And what they showed was that the TOX gene, particularly TOX2 here, was aberrantly overexpressed in the natural, key T, natural killer T lymphoma relative to normal. Natural killer cells. And so, this high expression of Tox2 was associated with the worst survival of this disease. That means modulation of Tox2 expression um, had to be examined. So, they looked at Tox2 expression by using short hairpin RNA, the CRISPR, and what they found was that this entire SE function, the super enhancer function, was impacted and directly linked to cell proliferation, survival, and colony formation of the NKTL cells. They also found that RUNX3 regulated Tox2 transcription, did so by binding to an active element on that super enhancer. Remember, that's the acetylated stone region. Furthermore, they found that if they silenced TOX2, that transcription factor gene, um, they impaired tumor formation in that NKTL cell lineage. This was done in vivo. So, metastasis associated phosphatase PRL3 was further identified and validated as a downstream effector of the TOX2 mediated oncogenesis so their conclusion in this paper went over very quickly i'm just summarizing a really magnificent paper because it's the end of immunoepigenetics lectures what they found here was that integrative super enhancer profiling revealed the landscape of these super enhancers and associated target genes such that now a full understanding of the pathogenesis of natural killer T lymphoma has been described. And so what they're talking about, okay? So now you understand that. Now, let me give you one more detail um, that I think is interesting about the TOX, the TOX transcription factor, let me check my time here. Oh, we're doing marvelously. I always say that and I go, <laughs> a paper published only a few years back in PNAS Talked about a transcriptional network that mediates CD8 positive T cell exhaustion. A CD8 positive T cell exhaustion related to what? They show that there were high mobility group box transcription factors. Now, those include the Tox1 and Tox2 that we just covered there relative to that natural killer cell, right? as well as members of the NR4A family of other nuclear receptors. All of these are targets, the Tox-1, Tox-2, as well as the NR4A family of nuclear receptors, which are all part of the larger HMG box transcription factors. They're all targets of a calcium calcineurin-regulated transcription factor, and we know what that is. That's NFAT. And even in the absence of its partner, which is the FOS-JUNE, remember we discussed this, the AP1 is the FOS-JUNE, TOX1 and TOX2 are highly induced and CD8-positive, exhausted tumor-infiltrating lymphocytes and these tumor infiltrating lymphocytes are deficient in both tox1 and tox2 so what you have here is a tox transcription factor null allele and when they looked at tox1 tox2 double knockouts they found they were more effective than the wild type so tox deficient tox1 deficient or TOX2-deficient tumor-infiltrating lymphocytes. Now, these are going to be CAR T-cells are using. We're really good in suppressing tumor growth and prolonging survival of, this is a mouse study, of course, tumor-bearing mice. So just like the NR4A-deficient CAR T-lymphocyte infiltrating lymphocytes, the TOX double knockout CAR TILS showed increased cytokine expression, decreased expression of inhibitory receptors, and therefore an increased accessibility of regions enriched for motifs. What kind of motifs? DNA, chromatin motifs, as well as histones, that will bind to activation associated nuclear factor beta, NF kappa B. And the basic region, looser, zipper, bzip transcription factors. What this indicates in this paper, it's the PNAS paper, is that the tox transcription factor, as well as the NR4A, are essential for transcriptional programming of CD8-positive T-cell exhaustion, ultimately of the NFAT transcription factor. And they suggest that a positive regulation of NR4A by the tox transcription factor of tox by that NR4A suggests that the disruption of the TOX transcription factor and the expressions downstream of N4A could be a promising strategy in cancer immunotherapy that was a 2019 paper i just explained to you how that all comes together in that 2023 paper right by talking about that more well examined histone modification which is probably related to the exhaustion of the cd8 positive t cells remember these cd8 positive t cells are effector cells right okay so we cleaned up that whole understanding of that particular 2023 paper by going back to 2019 paper to examine why these cd8 positive t-cells were no longer functional in a in a car t-cell driven destruction of an oncogenic event right because i just explained to you what's going on with uh, the the entire tux uh, system, right? Via that super enhancer region we just covered. So hopefully we're at a point, I think we are, where we can close this 100 plus lecture arc of immunoepigenetics. I want to do this now because I want to move on to a new topic. Remember that in authentic biochemistry, Sometimes we'll do a short topic, a couple of lectures, maybe five, maybe ten, on some subject. And then we'll go to another subject, which will be necessary to spend a great deal of our lecture time on. Now, since December, first week in December of 2022, all the way to the very end of July 2023, we have been... uh, heavily involved in discussing specifically immunoepigenetics. I recombined the immunology and the epigenetic profiling to just talk about epigenetic phenomena in immune responses. We spent a great deal of time talking about transcription factors and epigenetic alteration of the expression of transcription factors in multiple immune cells. We spent a lot of time on innate immune cells. Remember we talked about the whole epigenetic immune responses in such cells as macrophages. Spent a lot of time on M1 versus M2. Then we started talking about dendritic cells. We also talked a little bit about acinophils. Then we spent, I don't know, 20, 30 lectures on just T cells, T cell modifications related to epigenetic alteration of CPG islands, proximal and then enhancer regions, uh, proximal and interspersed within the open reading frames for certain transcription factors and pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatory cytokines, regulating all the acquired immune response linked directly to T cells. Then we spent five, maybe six, seven lectures on B cells. And I talked then towards the end about the recombination system that links the T cells to the B cells. But before that, we talked a lot about T cells regulate B cell antibody production via epigenetic alteration. Okay, now that doesn't come anywhere near what we did in all those lectures in between those two discussions. We talked about transcription factors like the ID that regulate other transcription factors like the E family, including the Helios PZL family of transcription factors. Remember those? Um, Linked to both innate and acquired immune responses. All of that was linking the immunoepigenetic profiling of those very important responses. So we're going to stop here. Sadly, I know you can play, um, play the last movement of Uh, Tchaikovsky's Violin Concerto, which is one of my most favorite pieces of music of all time. And I wouldn't suggest you only play the last movement. The whole violin concerto has to be played together for it to be, you know, uh, treated with respect. But this is a good way to end (laughs) the immunoepigenetic lectures. I'm really exhausted by thinking about all the things we did over the last, uh, what, seven, eight months. But we did intersperse it with some other lectures. Remember the holiday lectures? And more recently, over the 4th of July, we talked about, gosh, photosynthesis and photorespiration. Right? Okay, so we're done. Next time we meet, it's going to be a new topic. I'm not going to reveal what it is because I don't do that. It's going to be a surprise. But the next time you listen to my voice on authentic biochemistry, it's going to be a new lecture series. So, hopefully, all of you liked the IE lectures, the immunoepigenetics lectures, and um, you've recombined a whole lot of new knowledge because of it. I certainly did. This is Dr. Daniel J. Guerra from Authentic Biochemistry, um, coming to you from the beautiful mountainous, uh, intermountainous region of the Inland Pacific Northwest, back from Colorado. And the next time we talk, we're going to be in a new venue indeed. Bye for now.